Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast is kind of a mailbag question, but really uh, there is a situation that a colleague of mine who is a fellow practice manager reached out to our uh, manager community that we're in and asked for help on. And when I saw it, I reached out to her and said, hey, I don't know that I have a whole lot of answers, but I would really love to talk about this on the podcast with Andy because I think this is something that happens more frequently than we realize. And it's really important, A, to band together and realize that you're not alone in this situation. And B, I loved how this practice manager was approaching it from a place of how do I actually fix this problem versus running away from it? Curious yet? We're going to talk about what happens when we hire someone who has very oversold their abilities and their skill set, and they are being paid a wage that is not really commensurate with the experience level or their abilities once they join the team. And this manager is wondering, okay, I could jump ship and I could run now, but could I fix this? Can I bridge the gap between where they are and where they should be to pay them what we're paying them? Curious? Let's get into this one. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie. The case is mistaken identity (laughs) goss. Oh, how funny. Is it mistaken identity? I'm not Uh, so sure. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't know. I like it. How's it going, Andy? Man, it's good. It's good. The weather here is uh the weather here is beautiful. Things are moving along nicely. Uh we've moved into that part of the school year where the school lets you know, hey, uh, there's one month left of school, and we now have 47 events for you to attend in the middle of the day, every day. Surely you'll be there for the 11 a.m. award ceremony for almost perfect attendance. Uh, True story. Surely the 1 p.m. cookie lunch with dad is important to you. Uh, and surely it all needs to be crammed into the last four weeks of school. It's in, <laughs> it's called Spring Fest. Is it on Saturday? No, it's on Monday. <laughs> oh, I am very, very glad. Uh, we are in our last two weeks of school, and I am very glad. I am ready for a break. I am ready to be done. Uh, the kids are getting very excited. Uh, I think they have one more like real week of school next week. And then the last week is fun and games. and joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're and uh, like, bless their teachers for embracing it there. They uh, were there. We're having a school camp out the night before the last day of school. And they are like, yeah, we're not actually even going to have school on the last day. We're just going to all hang out and have breakfast together. Then everybody's going home. I was like, great. I can roll with that. Uh, Yeah. So I have mixed emotions. I have mixed emotions. My, I am. Uh, here's some genius for you. My 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 10-year-old daughter's teacher is like, we're doing social studies in the modern era. And I'm like, what does that mean? And it turns out she's listening to songs and watching movies of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I'm like, that's genius. 
my kid I mean, my kid also just uh they were doing something with music of the 80s and they were listening to like top 10 they were some some yeah. youtube channel and it was like top 10s of different genres from the 80s and she was just like i knew this many songs and nobody else in my class knew, uh, <laughs> knew these songs they, that was like because i'm the uh, old the, it's because i'm the old parent in your class that's, that's why this uh, is happening yeah on, on the upside they listened to um to um <laughs> i will survive and nice. uh some some BG songs like Staying Alive. And I was like, that's great. On the downside, the teacher decided to show the the fourth grade class Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh. And it took me three days to get Hannah to sleep through the night again. And I was like, I remember being nine, 10 years old and seeing Michael Jackson's Thriller. It uh-huh. is intense. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is intense. Yeah, it's uh that that was on the list. That was that was on the list of of songs and uh yeah, so that's an intense one. Yeah. Oh no, man. All right. <laughs> enough of that. Enough uh, of that. We're making it. We're making it into the summer. It's going to be good. Uh we're almost there. We have a question from the mailbag today that comes in preparation for the summer crazies. Uh, and this is actually a conversation that I was having with a colleague who is a manager, uh, and their clinic is short handed as a lot Mm -hmm. of us are, and, um, they are hiring multiple positions and they have been looking and have been trying to intentionally find the right people. And they have someone who has joined the team, uh, who seems to have slipped through the cracks and, Mm. uh, it is a licensed, a technician who seems to have very much oversold uh, themselves and their abilities. And they were given an offer letter um, where they are paid at the very top of the field because they are licensed and theoretically have uh, all of the skills that they said Mm -hmm. that they had. And so uh, my manager friend was like, hey, um, we're in Atwell State. And so I could just cut and run. But I feel a responsibility because I think we missed some tricks in terms of our interviewing process Mm -hmm. here. And so what can we do to help this person uh, reach their their pay grade versus cut and run? And I thought this is a really great question. And the reason that I loved it was because um, I felt like it was a really positive approach. I think a lot of people would look at it and say, you cut and run. Like, that's what you do. And that's, that's not necessarily wrong. It's not no. necessarily wrong. No. I'm just going to be upfront and say, it's not, it's not wrong. I, I, I like where this person's head is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that they're wrong for having that thought. Yeah, no. No. And so I thought this will be uh, this will be a fun one for, for you and I to uh, to debate and talk through. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, there's two issues here. There's the issue, the obvious issue, and there's the issue they asked us about. And the obvious issue is, um, how, do we, how do we get here and how do we not get here next time? Yes. And then the question they asked us about is, given that we're here, yes. what do we do about it? Yes. And I think they're both, they're both great. They're both great questions. I don't want to, I don't want to get sucked into the first question because that's not what we asked. Um, but I think we should touch on it. Do you want to yes. do a speed round real fast of <laughs> yeah. what do we do to make sure we don't end up in a position where we just paid top dollar uh, yeah. for someone who's not uh, skill-wise how they represented themselves to be? It was... could be technician, that could be CSR, that can be doctor uh, who yeah. has got three years of experience and acted like 
they were 100%, uh, you know, they they uh, were wildly experienced and comfortable and competent. And then you get them in the clinic and they really are not so comfortable and or competent. And you go, ooh. Um, so anyway, I'm not trying to make this about technicians. Um, yes, but this is no. anybody who yeah. maybe uh, represents themselves in the best possible light during the interview yes. process. Yeah. So I think um, it's funny because this per, this uh, colleague asked this question in, in a group that we're in and immediately a lot of the responses were very much like, uh, um, the, this never should have happened. Like, why yeah, didn't you have I a system hate, in I place? I hate those responses. Like, hold on. And, Let, I'm, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant here for a second. I hate social media in this way. I hate it so much. When people go in and they're vulnerable and they're like, hey, this is what happens and I'm trying to figure out where to go from here. And people just push each other out of the way to go, oh, let me tell you where you screwed up six months ago. And you're like, that's not what I asked about. I said, I said, I got it. I saw that it happened. You telling me that only an idiot would hire this way is not helpful and not productive. And it's like, I'm sorry, I see that all the time and I hate it so much. And um, so I, Yes. I just I just have to say it. I, I, I understand. I, I, I hate it and I see it all the time. And so if you're feeling that way and you're like, you know what? I would love to ask questions and not have people behave that way. I wish that social media was that way. I wish social media was that way too. It's not. You know what is? The uncharted online community. I'm just throwing that out there. It's what you wish social media was. Um, it actually, it actually is those people who jump in with the support and the advice and the encouragement that you need. But as not, <laughs> sorry, I'm anti-social media today. I know I feel it 100 because I was reading this and I was like, gosh, why are we ganging up on this person? Oh, I know. For it's, having it's awful, you know. Ha- and and in this case, it. I don't even think it was their control. It was a decision that was made by a doctor. But still, it doesn't matter. Even if they had made it, like it doesn't do any good to to gang up on. This is like when we give feedback about stuff that happened six months ago. Not helpful. Not productive to anybody. Right? Like this is this is where. But where are we going to start? Well, I think you're we're not wrong that we should talk about how do we prevent this from happening in the future? Because this is not this is the kind of thing that I see and hear and you and I get asked about a lot. And there yeah. are a lot of people out there who don't have systems in place. And so I want to make sure that we do some due diligence and make sure that everybody is thinking about some things that we can do to avoid this in the future. So totally. I think there should be a system in place for hiring and the hiring process. And that pipeline should help you prevent some of these challenges. So in this particular case, and particularly with any licensed or credentialed person, um, there there are really three pieces of it that are important. Um, Reference checks, and I want to put a pin in that and come back to it because it's a little bit bigger. Verifications of credentials, right? So if you have somebody, whether they're a doctor or technician who say that they're a credentialed um, potential team member, it is free in every state for you to look up and see the status of their current license. And that is a step that a lot of people miss and don't bother to take the time because I think some of us are doing background checks and assume that if that's not valid, it will come up as part of the background check. And I will also tell you that that's not always true. With a lot of companies who do background checks for you, you have to ask specifically, uh, and particularly when you're talking about your technician staff, 
to have them look at that. Whereas with your doctors, generally they're looking for the, the credentials, but for a lot of companies, you have to ask for it. And then you, a lot of us don't know what we don't know. And we assume if we're asking for a background check on a Dr. Andy Rourke, that they're going to check whether his doctor's license is valid in the state that I'm in, but that's not necessarily true. So having a system that is looking in particular for our credentialed team members, technicians, um, and doctors looking at their current credentials and the state, and if there's been any pings or concerns with their credentials. And then the reference check piece is big. And that's like a bigger podcast because there's pros and cons to it. But um, reference checks are a thing for a reason. Yeah. And that can help avoid uh, can help avoid challenges there. But the big part for this here system wise is you part of the interview process has to be uh, if you're looking at skilled team members. So whether they are um, licensed or not, it doesn't matter. If I'm interviewing a skilled CSR who has previous veterinary experience, or if I'm interviewing a licensed technician who's going to work with my team, I want the ability to assess their skills as an employer. And that can take a lot of forms that can look like pre-employment testing, like asking somebody, do they actually know the alphabet and giving them a test to figure out if you have paper charts, can they file charts accordingly? Can Mm -hmm. they calculate drug doses? Those things are super valid and can and should be a part of your hiring process. But the other big piece is physically asking them to do the job. And this is where veterinary medicine gets itself into a lot of trouble because oftentimes we say, oh yeah, let's do a working interview and come and shadow and hang out for the day. And I'm not going to pay you, but I want you to stay because I want to see how you're going to do the job. That is bad, bad, bad. Yep, bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Nothing gets me on my soapbox faster than when somebody says, oh, this is my process. Um, But but for two reasons. You, you You know what gets me on my soapbox faster than that? Social media. <laughs> no, no, I'm the, that's it. I didn't that. But here's the thing, you guys. We we have to protect ourselves and we have to protect that person. So there are a lot of people now who like reference checks will just say, don't bother doing them because you can't ask the questions anyways. Yeah, that's, And that's, that's not true. If you're going to do working interviews, there is a proper way to do it so that you and that person are covered. And it involves generally two very important and easy things. One, you have to compensate them. You have to compensate them for your time. I am not going to ask someone to come in and spend the whole day or half day with my team and not compensate them for my time. I wouldn't want to go to an interview and be asked to stay and work for free. Yep. If If you bring this person in and you compensate them for their time and then you don't hire them, that was the best money you ever spent. Absolutely. That, that is an outstanding investment. Yes. Period. Full stop. Uh, yes. And if you do bring them in and hire them, it's, also it's a, drop a good in the investment. Bucket. Yeah. It's a, it's a drop in the bucket and it's a good investment of, of yes. starting off on a good foot. Yes. I mean, just that's it. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. So you have to pay them. And then the second piece of it, which often is covered by paying them if you do it correctly, is you have to protect them and yourself insurance wise. And so that's why I don't. I don't even call them working interviews anymore. What I say to people is we would love to have you come and spend a day with us as a relief person so that we can assess your skills and you'll be able to meet the rest of the team. They'll be able to interact with you. You'll be able to assess us because don't ever forget that they're interviewing you too. And so you set them up and you pay them and they're I'm not going to get into the rules, but there are rules around how you pay them and what you do. But generally, when you pay them to be there and you do it correctly, you are covering your own ass when it comes to insurance and liability. Um, and so I am a I am a huge fan, like can't state it enough. You should have an interview process that helps you 
stay out of this situation that our manager friend finds themselves in. Um, And when you do, it generally involves having a working interview as part of your process so that you can do exactly that. You are continuing to interview them. You are assessing them for their fit with your team. You also have the opportunity to have them put their hands on your patients and get a feel for their actual skills. Yeah, totally. That's it. All right. That's the much I want to say about that. Uh, That's exactly it. It's like, all right, uh, next time, uh, we'll, we'll do things yes. differently. Um, but hey, we all we all make mistakes. We all learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Anyone who acts like they didn't learn this the hard way oh, yeah. uh, was either just lucky or yes. uh, they lie. Yes. And that's it. Uh, that is, so anyway, being down on people the hard who make way. mistakes like this is yeah, it's ridiculous. So anyway, that happens the best if we all learn. Yes. That's just as uh, how we learn sometimes. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's I just want to cover that. Perfect. Yes. No, but not, but but also not the question. Yeah, the question, yeah, the question, question. that was asked is not the question. okay. This has been done. Um, so now, what do I do to help this person come up in their skill set and reach their pay grade? Okay, so what do we do to, to get them up there? Uh, the healthiest thing from a headspace standpoint, and that's where we start is headspace, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's to focus on the present and the future. And just to put the past behind you, it doesn't matter how we got here. There's no reason to think what if I wish or done this differently or I did. You didn't. Right. And here we are. And so be kind to yourself by forgiving yourself and accepting our position and just moving on and starting fresh here. Clear eyed. Sure. So I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only person who has a bad habit of beating himself up about mistakes I made and things I should have done and didn't do. Um, it is not helpful, okay? Yes. Hard truth is this person that we're dealing with probably, possibly wasn't entirely truthful about their experience level. Yes. Or charitably, maybe didn't understand what we were asking or confused their, their knowledge with actually being able to do the thing, which is yes. different, you yes. know? Um, so, so okay, that's kind of what we're looking at. Let's just be honest about where we are and what we're dealing with. Put a pin in that for the future and file it away. Uh, you know, whenever someone, my mother's uh, favorite saying, which she got from Oprah, uh, we quote the book of Oprah in our house. Um, <laughs> my mother's favorite saying from Oprah is, when someone shows oh God, you what it. they are, believe them. Yes. Um, and I go, yeah, okay, uh, let's, let's remember that. Yes. And just just move on. Yes. Starting now, what needs to happen to keep this salary and this job ranked? Yeah. Full stop. That, yeah. that is the question that we yes. need to, not talking to the person, sit down, involve the decision makers. Like, you know, is the medical director on board with this? Who, who do we need to get on board? Mm-hmm. But say, I would like to keep this person where they are and we need to skill-wise get them where they need to be. Yes. What needs to happen to make that a reality? And then mm-hmm. I think I think you start there. Yes. Yeah. I I think that that's a great way to uh, approach it. And I think that there are people who are listening who are like, but what do I do about the other technicians? And what do I do about the rest of the team who has not certification, but has the skills that this person doesn't that this person doesn't possess in this moment. I'm going to say this, none of that matters. Well, it does matter, but it in this context, it doesn't. 
the your point, Andy, is look, we have to start here and now. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't right. doesn't matter how we got here. Starting here and now, how do we make the change? Now, the reason that I said it's not it, that stuff doesn't matter is because it, this should be a conversation about this person mm-hmm. in the context solely of themselves and their skills, not comparing them to the other team members, not comparing them to um, not pitting them against each other. But this mm-hmm. is this is looking at this person and saying, OK, here's the skills. Here's here's you. Let's identify the gaps and figure out how we're going to how we're going to fix them. Not well, the rest of the team can do this and you can't. So this is something we need to fix. Right. Like that sets yeah. them up for failure on both sides. It sets the team up for failure and it sets that person up for failure straight out of the gate. I, I think, you know, it's our job as leaders to try to achieve balance. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you have to at least look over at the compensation side and say, what do we need so that people feel okay? And I don't mean what do the other support staff need to feel. I, I don't think that the best thing is they they should not know anything about right. this other than this person is credentialed and they were brought into this level and, and they should not know what the compensation is. Um, ideally, that's the case. The truth is, if they're looking at this person and, and he's a level three technician and he can't do what the other level ones and dudes can do, that's a problem. Yes. Um, and they're going to see it and they're going to, it may not have anything to do with money, but they're going to say, why is this person level three when yes. they cannot do the things that the rest of us can do? That is, that is a problem that we need to, that we need to, we need to at least file it away and know that it's real. Yes. I, I, I don't disagree there, which feels contradictory to saying that it doesn't matter. But I do. I think that in the moment when you're having the conversation with your new technician, what other people can do or can't do and the comparisons don't matter. But when you step back and you you zoom out for a second, it 100 percent matters. The team is watching. Equity is important. And to your point, I, I actually would advocate that I would want the team to know what they're all getting paid because I would want there to be equity in a pay scale. And I would want someone to know if we just hired a level three technician that that's where that this is where that pay scale starts. And so they can they can they can see, not assume, not uh, ask for information behind closed doors or have the whispered conversations, which is how it happens in a lot of clinics. But I would actually want them to have that transparency because because I do think that the equity matters. And I and I, what I would say to this manager is I think they are doing a good thing because they are setting the bar and they are acknowledging for their team that, hey, things happen, mistakes happen. And I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to elaborate to the team because my role as an HR professional is not to do that, right? It's to, it's to keep it quiet and to manage it. But I also can still say to them, I, I recognize that there are discrepancies and here's what we're doing to address that, right? And I think that that's what matters when it comes to the team. If there are concerns and if those kind of things are being voiced, I think it's important to to address we're human and mistakes get made, right? And here's what I'm doing to fix it. Yeah, and uh, I am also going to circle back to what we said at the beginning, and I have to put on my pragmatist hat here. Okay. And I would say also as part of Headspace, I think you, as the decision maker, uh, 
you need to get comfortable with the idea that this might all fall apart. Yes, hundred percent, and, and burn. And it just it just might. And and yes. I think um, I think you can accept that and be graceful about it. And the truth is, not take too too much responsibility on yourself to say this person misrepresented their skills and yes. their uh, expertise. And we did not catch it in the interview process and yes. did not state, take, take steps to verify. And so when they came in, they were paid at a high pay level. They were not able to do the skills. Uh, their skill set did not match up with the uh, with their job status or rating. And uh -huh. the other team saw that. And ultimately, it all fell apart and did not work out. Yeah. And I think I think that the healthiest thing is to go ahead and accept this might not work out. Yes. This person might not be capable of getting where you need them to be. The rest of the team might rebel and, yes. and hopefully they won't. But if this becomes every day, one of the team members comes in and says, Ugh, your level three technician messed this up again and they're not able to do that and it's causing tension in the practice and every day I have to be an apologist for this person or, you know, or I have to work it out. Um, ultimately, I'm going to pick my poison and I have a couple of options. I can continue to stick to my guns and I'll do that until it becomes unfeasible or unpleasant, significantly unpleasant for me to do that. Uh, I can adjust the person's level and say, hey, look, I need to drop you down to a level two instead of a level three. Mm -hmm. And with the with with a plan that we mutually create to get you back up to level three, mm -hmm. but you're going to need to drop down to level two. And that's just what what's going to need to happen in order to have other people feeling okay about working with you. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be, hey, this isn't working mm -hmm. and, and we're we're going to need to part ways. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think those are the those are the three outcomes. And I, I don't think that you have to decide on the first day mm -mm. which of those three things you do. Mm -hmm. I think you can a hundred percent start off with rosy glasses on and say, you know what, let's fix this. Let's come up with a plan to get you up where you need to be. We're going to work hard on this. Let's see how it goes. And maybe it'll work really great. Maybe the person will respond. Maybe, you know, they'll, maybe their confidence will blossom and they'll grow quickly. And I've seen that. It can yes. happen. Yes. Um, maybe they'll crash and burn and uh you know and it, it this whole thing will go south and and the misunderstanding during the hiring process is just a preview of misunderstandings that we can expect to have with this person right going forward right. and the whole thing is coming apart i don't know um but i think the healthy headspace is to say yeah I have some concerns that this is not going to work out in the long term. I'm going to give it my best, yeah. but I am not going to uh, stake my happiness on this particular thing working out. Yeah. And I think that really for me, from a manager perspective, I think the potential for it to go sideways comes from the perception of the team in two mm -hmm. ways. One, what you're doing in the moment it, right now. Like if there, if it's very obvious, and in this case, 
it was very obvious that this technician oversold their their abilities. It's going to be obvious to the rest of the team. And so it's what you're doing in the moment and also the timeliness in which you address this. And so I think that it's really important to to sit down for yourself and think, okay, what is a realistic time frame and ask? Because I will tell you too many times I have seen friends and colleagues go, I've got to deal with this situation. And six weeks later, eight weeks later, 12 weeks later, this person is still employed still in the same position that they were in the beginning because we haven't put a timely plan in place and we haven't acted on it. Mm -hmm. And now we're three months in and this person still doesn't have any more skills than they had on day one. And now the rest of the team is pissed. And so I think for me, when I zoom out and think about this issue, the other than the pay challenge potentially blowing up in your face, um, and I have some thoughts on how how to look at that. I think the other piece of it is the time, the timeliness. And so for me, that is, hey, look, if you have somebody, if you if you actually have skill levels and expectations for skills um, in your practice, then you should, even if it's minimally to, minimally to say licensed technicians in our state should be able to and are capable of doing X, Y, and Z, right? Like when we license technicians, there are things that, that we say they can they can do. And if you're using that as your baseline, and this person isn't meeting up to the baseline, the question for you is how much time are you going to put on that? And I would caution, I would really caution any of my manager friends and and would caution myself to say, this is something that I probably should have a plan to fix in 30 days or less. Because the reality is if I can't fix this in 30 days or less, there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had here. And that goes to your point, Andy, about sitting down with the person and saying, hey, this is what our level two or level three techs should be able to do. And you're at skill level one. That is a big gap. And there's no way that we can bridge that gap in 30 days. And so here's what a realistic plan might look like, right? Like the reality is, I think it's really important to to zoom out and do that time assessment because it will not take the team long to get real mad <laughs> real fast mm-hmm. if they don't feel like things are equitable amongst their peers. Yeah. And so I think you need to look at the time piece of it. And so for me, it, the way that I would approach, like we, we've we've gone out of headspace because I think the headspace is like, we have to focus on the present and the future, right? Like that's where we started. Yeah. Focus on the here and now. We can't, we can't do anything about what has already happened. We have to acknowledge for ourselves that they may have, not been honest and or maybe they didn't understand um, or a combination of those things. So we're in a safe headspace. We're assuming good intent and we're going to have a conversation with them and we're going to say, hey, right, this is what happened. We hired you. We had an expectation for a technician coming into our practice with a license to have X, Y, and Z set of skills. You told us that your skills were here. Whether they told you verbally, they put it in writing, in their resume, like there's a whole bunch of ways that this could have gone sideways. But be very clear about how they indicated to you what their skill set was and where you are. And then it's okay to say that based on your observations or interactions with them so far, you see a gap between those two things. And then I would ask them for their help. And I would say, I need your help to figure out how we're going to approach this because there are a variety of options here. And it needs to be addressed. There's no getting around the fact that you have to address this both with them and the team. And so by asking for their help and asking them, it doesn't feel so close-ended. It feels like they're a part of the solution. And then the conversation can be, are they, are they, 
are they skills deficient in a few areas where you might be able to get them from where they are now to where they need to be in a short period of time? Maybe. And then, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pair you with our most experienced technician. We're going to get you into whatever the deficiency area is. You can come up with a game plan for that. If you have a very vast canyon, which it sounds like, mm-hmm. which sounds like this person does between the skills and the expectation, then I would say, looking at this list, this is more than we, we want to support you and we want to help facilitate this training. This is more than we can accomplish in a 30, 60, 90 day period, whatever that time period is. Here's what yeah. I need to do. I need to address the pay. I need to address your skill level. There, there has to be a plan because that is where I think it will go sideways very quickly with the team is if they feel like it's not being addressed in a timely manner and when there is discrepancy with with the pay. And it is okay to say to someone, hey, we brought you in with this expectation. The skill, the pay is tied to that expectation of skill level and we're we have a gap. And so until we bridge that gap, I can't pay you $50 an hour or $25 an hour or whatever top end of pay scale looks like for you. I can't pay you that because that does not where you are skill wise. And so here's what I can do to bridge that gap and offer them a plan. And then I, so, so timely, you have to address the, you have to address the money. And then I think the last thing is you you have to live up to your end of the bargain and you have to hold them accountable. And if you don't, if you don't do one of those two things, it's going to it's going to fall apart. And so I think asking them to be a part of the solution, they may say no. And they may say, well, I don't want, like I, I feel confident. And if you like, you don't believe me, fine, I'm gonna leave. They may say, yep. well, I feel like I'm at this level. And they may engage and argue like where you go next could look a million different ways, which makes it kind of hard to tie this conversation up with a nice pretty bow because the yep. response from that person is so variable. But I think if you as the manager say, I'm acknowledging what has, has happened, here's where we are mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Here's where I would like us to move in the insert short time frame here future. This is what I need from you to attack this plan. Can we do this together? I think you're going to come out of that conversation with a lot more clarity and a lot more solutions. And at the end of the day, lucky for for our colleague, they're in an at will state. And if it's not if it's not going to work out, it gives you the ability to to cut and run um, and to and to and to move on. But I think um, I think there definitely are ways to approach it. But for me, it would involve looking at the skills and being clear about this is the gap. And, and specific, because that doesn't make it subjective, right? It doesn't make it, well, Sarah's been here for 10 years and she thinks you can't place catheters as well as she can. So she should be making more money than you, right? Like that's that's the kind of thing that the team might be feeling those things, but that's super subjective. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to move this conversation into the objective. Here's the skills. Here's the gap. Here's the pay that's tied to that. How do we how do we move forward from this moment in time? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Hey, everybody, this is Stephanie, and I'm going to jump in here for one quick second and make sure that you know about a few things that are coming up that I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to miss. But before I do that, I 
have to say thanks to a generous gift from our friends at Banfield Pet Hospital. We are now able to provide transcripts for all of our podcast episodes. And we have to just say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Andy and I have wanted to make the podcast more accessible. And when we were pondering the idea of how do we make transcripts a thing, our friends at Banfield stepped up in a big way and said, hey, we are striving to increase accessibility and inclusivity across the profession. This fits with that mission for us and we would love to sponsor it. So the 2022 podcast episodes are all now being transcribed and brought to you by our friends at Banfield Pet Hospital. To check out the transcript and find out more about what Banfield is doing to increase accessibility and inclusivity across the vet profession, head over to unchartedvet.com forward slash blog, and you can find each one of the podcast episodes and a link to find out more about equity, inclusion, and diversity at Banfield. And now I'm going to jump over and make sure that you know about some things that are coming up that I don't think that you're going to want to miss. You might not be the person who's in charge of marketing for your practice. If not, write this down and pass it along because we are being joined by none other than the Bill Schroeder from InTouch Practice Communications. Bill is amazing. He is wonderful. He is funny. He is kind and down to earth. And he loves nothing more than working with veterinary practices and cheering them on about digital marketing. And Bill is joining us on Wednesday, June 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, which is 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific. And he is talking about creating content that clients crave. He is going to teach us how to explore contents that are the most valuable uh, and that have a huge impact and talk about proven methods for great content development. Bill did this workshop for us live in person previously. And I said, hey, Bill, I would love for you to bring this to the Uncharted community, but also to veterinary medicine and beyond. And he is doing just that on Wednesday, June 8th. If you would like to find out about this and all of the upcoming events from Uncharted, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events, and you'll be able to find all of the things that are coming that you are not going to want to miss. Now back to the podcast. This is a really advanced leadership challenge. And here's why because there's so much uncertainty around it. And I think a lot of people, it's hard for you and me to coach in this right now because the long-term is so unclear and this mm-hmm. could go so many different ways. And so I think that it's, it's oftentimes kind of frustrating for the people who hear this direction, but, um, but just, try to, just try to bear with me here for a second. I, I agree with everything that Stephanie said and you guys have heard us talk back and forth about this and you've heard me say, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna work and I don't know if it's gonna work. And I can tell you, if the other person doesn't want it to work, it's not going to work. And Mm -hmm. I can also tell you, I don't have any control over whether or not that person wants it to work. And so people say, well, how's this gonna end? And I go, I don't know. And what what are we gonna do in a month? I have no idea what you're gonna do in a month. The frustrating thing is, um, you're gonna go talk to this person and you're gonna have your head straight and you're you're gonna need to be nice Mm-hmm. kind. I would like this relationship to be great, but you're going to need to be honest mm-hmm. about what you need yeah. and where you are. And unemotionally honest, meaning if they do what Stephanie mentioned, which is flip out and go, how dare you? I could get this salary from 10 other practices in the area. Um, they might say that. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. They might be right. Yeah, That does not change 
what your pay structure is, yes. what you need in order to be fair to your team, or what yes. you need in order to balance the needs of all of your support staff yep. and your clients and everything else. Those things don't change. And so you're going to have to go talk to this person and explain your position and kind of what you need and where you are. And then you're going to have to listen and see what they say. And they might get mad and they might say, okay, mm -hmm. I hear you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know what they're going to say. Mm -hmm. But when they say it, you know, you're going to need to roll out a plan and say, let's talk about how we're going to get you where we need to be. And I think you should make that plan, but know that they might not want to do your plan. And, and you need to think about kind of what that means. But the other thing is, I would say, don't, I wouldn't overthink it until they tell me mm -hmm. F, F your plan. Right. And when, <laughs> and when they say F your plan, then I'm going to say, okay, that's an interesting position. I hear that. I'm going to need to sit with this response a little bit and then and come back to you. Yeah. But you don't have to have all the answers and no. you don't have to know what you're going to do next because there's no telling what they're going to say. Yeah. So you have to know what your needs are. You need to talk to them about where your head's at, ask them how they're feeling, what they want to do, how you guys are going to move forward. And then you're going to have to step away and process. And ultimately, hopefully, they'll take your training plan to get where they need to go. And then you're going to try it. And it might work and it might not work. My experience tells me it'll be somewhere in between those two extremes, <laughs> meaning it'll kind of work. I bet. I bet they'll get better and they'll get closer to where you need. And then you'll need to reassess and be like, is this good enough? Right. Are we moving fast enough? Are we going to reduce their compensation a little bit because they did make strides, but they didn't get where we needed? How are they going to respond to that? I have no idea. Right. Yeah. And, and I just I don't believe there's more clarity than that. I think you're going to have to go through the process of of trying this and seeing how the person responds and, and what they want to do. Uh, I don't I don't think that there's a long term strategy other than what we said of be honest, tell them what you need, come up with a plan to get them where you need them to be, come up with metrics and checkpoints to mm -hmm. assure that they actually are getting there monitor the response of your team. The other, the only other action step that I would take, honestly, is I would try to recruit some mentors, champions, allies from my team. Meaning, uh, so this somebody can do this training. And oftentimes, if I can pull good technicians in and say, hey, this person's coming in, they're new, they're credentialed, uh, I, I am working with them to get their skills up technically where we want them to be mm -hmm. and then figure out how to say it based on on what the response was from the individual but um, sure but i would like to recruit one or two of my techs to help mentor this person and, right. br and bring them up that can that does a couple things number one it can help get this person trained the way that they want to and number two it can take two of my strongest techs and get them off my back uh yeah. and, you know what i mean as far as this person's not where they are it gives them some skin in the game and you know and gets them involved in fixing the problem and also gets them to know this person a bit more which might get them to give uh, him or her a little bit more grace mm -hmm. and so i, I would kind of try to recruit some of those people into the into the process of training beyond that I, I think you're just gonna have to see how it goes and how they respond yeah I think um I think something that you say a lot on the podcast and in general is really important here and kind of ties it all up which is clear is kind yeah and yeah. and and I think this is a case where you don't know how they're gonna react and if they blow a gasket it's okay to say I understand that this you feel like this doesn't work for you 
I think that that tells us everything that we need to know about the fact that this should be the time where we part ways because it's not going to work for you. And if you can't be agreeable to this, it's not going to work for us either. So uh, we wish you the best of luck. You know, it, it makes it easy to have that conversation moving forward being being clear is kind it's okay to say there was there there's some gaps here there's some incongruency with what you told me it's not about accusing them of lying it's not about making them wrong or putting them on the defensive it's about just saying hey here's what we need and how are we going to get there together and then wait and see what happens and what the response is and and when i say wait and see don't wait six months don't wait 12 months (laughs) There has to be a plan, or I promise you from my own painful personal experience, your team will mutiny. <laughs> yeah. This will not turn out well yeah. for you. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's why I said you, we, have to, we have to get okay with the idea that's not gonna work because the worst case scenario is very real here. Yeah. And the worst case scenario for our manager friend is our manager friend and the leadership feels resentful because they right. feel misled and yes. duped into hiring and that they're yes. paying too much. And the person who was hired feels resentful because they feel like they're not being honored for their accomplishments, for their right. education, that they're not being paid uh, what they deserve or that they are being paid what they're deserved and everybody's treating them like crap for it. Yes. And so they're resentful. And the rest of the team is resentful because they think this person has been giving status that they do not deserve based on their uh, on their actual ability to do the work. Yep. And they're getting paid more than these than the rest of the staff and they're not delivering the results that the rest of the staff does. Yep. And so then you've got you feeling resentful, the higher feeling resentful, and your team feeling resentful. That is the worst outcome. It is not worth that. Yes. And so when I say do what is kind, I mean do what is kind to the, the new hire, to yourself, and to your staff. Yeah. And and that's that's to me, that's let's have a clear conversation and get this out in the open. And right. then let's talk about what we're going to do. And if you're not willing to do that, I'm afraid that you run a very high risk of ending up with the resentment that we talked about. Yeah. The other thing is when we say, what is kind? Having this person come in and not communicating to them how you're feeling or what they need to do to keep their job. Right. Um, and, and just sitting there behind the scenes going, this is an at-will state and we can fire her. You know, if it doesn't work, we're just going to fire her. I'm like, that's not a kind thing to do to somebody right if her job's on the line tell her her job's on the line and you know, say it say it nicely say it with empathy but be honest with her about where she stands and then she'll either leave or she'll you know get on board with doing what she needs to do to stay but i just i'm just not a fan of not communicating to people kind of where they're at and and yeah. then just pulling the rug out from under them I, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't feel right to me yeah No, I agree. Awesome. Oh, man. Well, this was one of those ones that I think uh, I... I hope that was helpful. It's one of yeah. those things where you <laughs> you can't you can't really tie a bow on it and make it pretty because there is there is a million different ways that this could go. But I do. I do think that when I, the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because looking back, like this is one of those conversations that I wish someone had had with me as a new manager. <laughs> Of like, you're going to get in these situations and you're going to have to figure out how to, how to tackle it. And if you haven't faced something like this yet, like you're lucky because you will. And, um, I wish that someone had said, 
it's okay to be human and say, there's some gaps. Like, you know, you, you think either you need to take responsibility for it. And to your point earlier in the episode, like you take all the responsibility, which is not right either, because this other person involved had responsibility to, to share honestly and openly. And maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't understand, you know, we're not going to question the intent there, but we are going to say, this is where we're at and there's a gap here. And how do we, how do we fix this? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's why I say the social media crowd. That's like, you should have done this. Like, <laughs> oh, morons. I, I hate that. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I say that because here's the God's honest truth. So hear this, okay? Running a bad business is making the same damn mistake over and over again. Yes. And running a great business is making a different damn mistake every day. Yeah. That's it. That's the truth. Yeah. And so the idea that you're supposed to get it all right and you don't make mistakes and people need to get, you know, kicked for making a mistake, that's just so dumb. And that just shows me that those people do not know what they're really talking about. (laughs) When I see people doing that, I'm like, you don't, if you were actually good at this, you would know that crapping on people like that is stupid yeah. because it's going to happen to you. And the only thing is you're betting it's not going to end up on social media. And so anyway, that's it. But I hope people take that and really hear that because, man, it took me a long time to realize that. And yeah. I'll just be honest and transparent right now is, guys, I made mistakes today. Today I made mistakes, yeah. and it was things that I'll just tell you. We were uh, I was making a I'm making a video for somebody, um, and I was like, okay, who is the guest that we're having on here, and how do you pronounce their name? And I'm like, I don't know how to say this person's name, and I'm supposed to record a video where it's going to be clear that I don't know how to say their name if yes. we don't fix this. And you would think after 10 years of making videos and five years of doing podcasts that I would have gotten it down by now where we get a pronunciation of people's names if I don't know them. Right. And we just today, we are like, you know what? We should uh, figure out how to fix this so it doesn't happen again. And that literally happened, you know, 10 minutes before we got on this podcast. And do I feel terrible about it? Do I feel stupid? The answer is no, because I've been doing it for 10 years and we do just fine making mistakes, not getting upset about them, and then just fixing them so they don't happen again. And so, guys, I want to leave you with that thought. Two thoughts. Number one, success in your career is continuing to make mistakes. And if you never make mistakes, you're not doing enough and Mm -hmm. you're not trying new things. Yeah, It is make mistakes and make them once. That is success. And that's the first thing I want to say. And the second thing is, shut up, social media. (laughs) Shut it. Oh, and we're off the soapbox. And we're we're done. That's it. If you'll excuse me, I have to go check my Facebook account. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Take care, everybody. Don't post anything on social media. (laughs) We'll start a movement here. We're going to put Facebook out of business by encouraging people in our audience to not. All right. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. See everybody. Bye. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. 
And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.